Pascal finds an open OG. And a time from three-point range. To tank or to retook? That has been the question facing the Raptors front office for weeks now. Because you don't have to be an NBA executive to realize that if Toronto stay in the same place, they are going absolutely nowhere. The 6-9 experiment hasn't really progressed in terms of the ideal timeline that the likes of Bobby and Masai would have wanted. And so, ahead of the trade deadline, there comes some massive decisions. In terms of the remnants of the 2019 team, you have Fred Van Vliet, Pascal Siakam, OG Ananobi. Crucial pieces for that front. And then, of course, you have young stars like Gary Trent Jr. and, of course, Rookie of the Year, Scotty Barnes. It will be tough to deal any of these guys emotionally but they do need to do something for the franchise to move forward Viral I need your thoughts on what exactly the Raptors need to do put yourself in Masai Ujiri's shoes and tell me some trades in fact don't tell me some trades tell me which of these players right now on the roster are disposable everyone wants Scotty Barnes which appears to be the consensus among not just Ujiri, but just Toronto fans generally. Everyone but Scotty. I mean, yeah. Pascal. I mean, for, for me, I mean, I guess for most Raptors fans, you'd say the likes of Pascal and OG are the young kind of pieces that you need. I mean, you can see Fred going realistically. You can even see Gary going just because of his contract. But disagree with you on, on Siakam and OG. I mean, if you deal them, who, which realistic kind of returns are you actually getting for these players? Okay, okay. You know, how are you making the team better in the long term? Okay, so no, no, it's a good question, but you need to consider this, Camille. I, you perhaps haven't thought about it to the depth that I have. Honestly, I'd go that far. Are you, are you that intellectual, my friend? <laughs> I've, done, I've done quite some analysis <laughs> on this topic. And... <laughs> One of the key takeaways, if you you have to think about what a rebuild looks like, because, okay, you talked about OG being a young piece. We can even look at Trent, Trent is fairly young. So you have Siakam and Van Vliet who are a bit on the older side. I mean, Siakam's 28. So, but, but like, let's consider somebody like OG Ananobi, he's only 25. So you think, well, he's a young player, so why don't we keep him? Well, we have our own draft picks, Kamel, and it depends on what type of rebuild we're going to go for because the issue with not dealing all of these players and say keeping what, even one of Siakam or OG, that's going to put us into the 9th, 10th, 11th, 12th seed category for the next three, four years. We're not going to have any other high draft picks and we're not going to accumulate that top tier draft capital like other fully rebuilding teams do. We can just look at, you know, the OKC Thunders, one example, they've got a bunch of high draft picks now that they've just accumulated. They're going to keep accumulating as well. And so... And how, well, how are they well, doing? I mean, the situation we can find ourselves in is if we only trade one or two of these guys away and then just hover around the 12th pick and end up getting like the 10th pick in the draft every single time. That's why the likes of OG are all in all these trade tools. Yes, it does work in terms of looking at the future but 
as ridiculous as it sounds, he's too good at this stage. He's too good. If we were to keep him around with Scotty and a couple of other pieces with a little depth, that's gonna you're not gonna be one of the worst teams in the NBA. So when we're talking about this drastic tank scenario, that that's we're getting the tanks in, Kamel, yeah? It's Tiananmen Square. You're gonna be rolling over people like Oh, sorry, in, in this scenario, teams are going to be rolling over us. That's what I hope to see. A brand of negative, non-winning basketball. And the only way it happens if you trade the whole lot, apart from uh, Scotty, of course. Right. Well, we've entered a hypothetical here where you say we do need to tank. Of course, the Raptors coming off a 3-3 homestand. Of course, a very disappointing loss to the Atlanta Hawks and of course uh, next of the next 12 games they have 10 very tough road games against really really quality opposition so it looks like this kind of 19 and 24 record that we have at the time of recording isn't going to improve anytime soon and really this, that we're going to assume for the purposes of this episode that the ceiling for this Raptors team is probably the play-in is that fair to say? Yeah yeah. we're not going to make the normal play-in are we the number six seed I, I don't think we've got a chance of that Absolutely not. Especially, you know, you saw our game against the Hawks. Absolutely not. Trade-wise, though, you have to consider... I mean, it's interesting you mentioned OKC. I mean, to some, they'd say, okay, they're in a good position now. But to others, they say, I mean, they've spent a long few years in the doldrums. And I don't know how close they are to competing. You look back at Philly, I mean, that's like a decade-long project. And they haven't won a championship. You know... uh, You've got also got an issue with the rap with Toronto in general, in that with the exception of Kawhi, and that was only on a one-year contract, it's going to be really hard to attract massive uh, free agents. And so I know while next year's draft class is stacked, tanking at this stage is a very difficult prospect. And then the fire sale that goes with it. I mean, if you're not getting your absolutely ideal returns for these quality players. I mean, Siakam, 28, but he's also an all-star. I mean, if you're not getting back a couple of first-round picks and a brilliant young player, you've done really poorly. Same for OG. Oh, I agree. I agree. And same for OG, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. So, what would you say, though? I mean, this season, if teams lowball us for these kind of players, surely you just stay on the path. Or are you saying the Raptors have got to rebuild, I guess, whatever happens? Obviously, not taking no. stupid deals, but taking sub-par deals. Because that's so, a no, big that, that's, consideration for me. No, that's an excellent question, actually. Um, I hadn't even considered that exactly. If teams are, if say, if we were to trade one of these players, they're all almost, I would argue, apart from maybe Fred, vital pieces to actually keep our head above water. If we trade Trent, for example, best three point shooter on the team, and this is mm. a team that is one of the worst three point shooting teams in the league. That will, I think, catapult us even further down the standings. Um, so well, that's what the time, no? if, if, if you were a savvy GM of another team, you look for the Raptors to make maybe one of these trades and then go, right, you're going to have to trade the whole lot now. Otherwise, you're not going anywhere. You're clearly in rebuild, re- rebuild mode. So we're only offering like one or two first round uh, draft picks for Ananobi, for example. Um, so and and isn't that the exact reason why from now until I think it's February 15th is the trade deadline from now until then you know dealing those four players because you're right if you keep one of those players either you waste their potential on a you know 13th seed standard team or 
you know, you just you they're they're too good. They carry the team, and you don't end up getting a good draft pick. So, isn't that an argument that you know you get rid of the older players? I would say the one guy you need to trade this off this regular season is Fred Van Vliet, and if you get a good return for, it hurts me to say this, if you get a good return for Siakam, you trade him. But the rest of the players, I mean, you said OG is 25. I mean, Gary Trent's a difficult one, but I'd try and keep him and re-sign him. And of course, Scotty Barnes is, you know, as we both agree that Scotty Barnes has to be kept because he's because he fits with this timeline very well. But I mean, I think there's only two you, players. You, you, want, you want OG Kamel, but you can't have OG. You cannot have OG in that. You can't get rid of the only British guy on a British. No, no, no. As, team, we, yeah? as we both know, how good OG is. The whole of the NBA is salivating over that man. It doesn't matter if we trade two or three of the other guys away, people will still be fighting over OG. I've seen eight realistic trade, uh, potential trade packages for OG, eight contending teams. I pretty much almost any contender can use his services. I think he's the one we keep until last, just because it was what we were talking about there, because GMs, if, if the last one left is Fred Van Vliet, well, the other teams will go, well, he's going to be in free agent in the offseason anyway, we'll just take him there. But then we're not going to offer you even a second round pick for him. Um, but uh, this is, so these are the two players I was actually going to touch on. So Trent, Trent is going to look to re-sign this offseason. He's got a player option in the season after, but realistically, he's going to want 20 mil plus this summer. And I don't think we're in a position where we want to offer him. So that's well, why not? Because if you trade those big players, you know, you trade Van Vliet's contract and everything, you've got money because, I mean, which realistic free agents are we going to sign that demand those type of contracts? Well, see, here's the thing. I think, well, in order, obviously, for a trade to happen, salaries need to somewhat match. So it's not like we'd be getting, realistically, be getting salary off the books. Well, well, we'll, we'll talk about players in a little bit, but, you know, you've got like likes of Russell Westbrook's contract, etc., Expiring big contracts, they are, they are around. No, no, so, yes, yeah, teams yeah, are, do have expiring contracts for return, so that would help your salary situation in the off season. But that doesn't matter because if you aren't going to re-sign these guys anyway, you're not going to get. At least now you'll be getting draft capital for them, whereas in the summer you wouldn't be getting any draft capital for them at all. Well, that's fair enough. Well, okay, we obviously disagree on this point, but for the purposes of the episode, we will hypothetically agree that the Raptors are trading their best players. Okay. Yeah. So let's let's just talk about let's just talk about the returns you get for these players now. Which which kind of players are you targeting, and and are you targeting players or are you targeting high draft picks? So would you rather you know a Kendrick Nunn or a second round pick? Let's just say, low ball it. Yeah. So I, I was just looking at some like realistic trade destinations. I wasn't looking so much at specific plays that we want in return, because I think I was more so thinking along the draft pick route. Because that I, because if you're doing full blower, I don't want like 25, 26 year olds who are already good now. You no, but do you want like, younger players? You know, do you want, I, I want those 22, 22, 23 year olds? who are still developing. I don't want them to be like spectacular players because then it's not really a full rebuild at that point. Um, I don't, okay, this, no, I can't say I don't want an SGA because that's, that's I've lost my mind if I say something like that. But I don't, <laughs> I don't want one of these, you know, and a great example I think I could give is like an RJ Barrett. 
that's not the type of player I'd be looking for. Yes, you can still you can argue that he's still on the younger side, but that again, that also he's why would we trade away OG if we're looking for an RJ Barrett? He's already on what 20 mil euro plus a year plus a year, and we kind of already know what his roughly ceiling will be as a player. Like it just doesn't make sense. Uh, so are you yeah, saying those players? I guess the players you want are salary fillers, and you're really targeting those picks. Yes. Because it, it is a really I'll, I'll give you an example, Kamel. Like, yeah. The teams also have like decent young players who've got potential and who, who are already being looked at as being traded out because they're not working on their team. If you look at the New York Knicks, I thought Trent and New York is what just works very well for both teams. Why? New York, obviously, so the two, the tandem they want to work around is uh, Judas Randall and... Derek, uh, Bronson and so if if that's the case they've got an absolute like they're just clogged up when it comes to the guard position outside of the uh, sorry like the shooting guard position maybe you've got the 80 million contract of Evan Fournier uh, so that's almost a like for like trade with Trent's contract and Trent's on 17 million so there you've got your salaries matching then they've got Emmanuel quickly, who they're looking to ship anyway. They're looking mm. to potentially offer him up. That's Diamond in the rough, I think, Emmanuel. Yeah. yeah, and and with that, something like a first round draft pick, because I don't think that's an even trade whatsoever. I think they would they would want to dump Fournier anyway. Fournier's not getting any playing time. So uh, at least say a first round draft pick, maybe with a second round draft pick, something like that, given that we are taking up that crappy contract. Something that like that that's works for both teams. New York would be in a better position to contend. They've got pretty shit three point shooting as well. New York, I think they're one of the worst in the league. So Trent helps them in that department. You can bring Trent off the bench, which I still think is his best uh, his best contribution to a team. You'd have RJ starting, and you'd have a finally you'd have a bench scorer. Um, so you wouldn't have to just rely on thirty points from Julius and then uh, you know twenty five points from Bronson every game in order to win. So, right, so that that's I mean that's a great example of the kind of ability that the Raptors have to trade with contenders and kind of take their salaries and then get a high draft because in the Knicks case maybe a slightly lower one. But then you know yeah. you also look at maybe trading Siakam to Portland for example. I mean Damon Siakam would be deadly. Maybe the thing they need to take him over the top and especially in just maybe just in the Western Conference. But no I've seen trades uh based around you know uh, Siakam or OG and then you know you get back the likes of uh, Afani Simons Sharp as well you know these were like raw talents I mean Afani's a bit more polished now but he's still uh, still got a lot of potential rather than ability uh, I don't think they'll be trading Afani though oh I mean if Siakam puts up, I think they'll do it like I'm not even going to lie I mean but well, th- this is just to lose Anthony, I don't think right, but... would be enough to take put them over the top right but doesn't what you just said I mean it's that it shows how tough it is for the Raptors to do a fire sale because no, in the end they're going to get some hard players. I didn't even think Portland was a great one. One beautiful one, which I think made so much sense: Sacramento Kings and OG Anunoby. Okay, and who'd you get back? I thought makes perfect sense. Sabonis twenty six. Um, De'Aaron Fox. I'm not sure how old he is, but he's around you know 24, 24, 24, 25. I'm gonna say. Mm-hmm. Obi twenty five as well. Um, they've drafted Keegan Murray, obviously, um, who's like in the street forward position. But what I saw, Keegan Murray, OG Ananobi, the forward position for them. 
They've already got the second best offense in the league. You add a defensive piece like OG Anunoby, who also doesn't need the ball in his hands. And you have a playmaking center like Sabonis. Amazing, amazing. For yeah, them. but t- tell me who you're getting back. Like, this is a Raptors. It's got to be for the Raptors. That's it. I mean, the Kings, who are, have a brilliant record this season, going to give us their, what, 15th pick? 16th yes. pick? And, and you know why, Camille? Because in their current predicament, they've already got the two players they're going to be rolling with into the future what, from what it looks like. They're unlikely, in my, in my opinion, because of the small market, well, I, I guess it's California, but, you know, Sacramento is not being a destination that's attracted, you know, the top-tier free agents. For them to become serious title contenders, they need to make moves. They can't just wait for somebody to come in the offseason. Obviously, they're too good to get high draft picks as well. OG fits their timeline. Like, if they don't trade like three first-round picks for him, like he's the perfect trade for them. And then we get a lot of draft capital in compensation there. I think the Sacramento, perfect team for him. And and who are the Raptors? Yeah, I mean. I don't think if I want the 24th pick in the draft for, for OG Ananobi, like what, what's going to wrap the Sacramento Kings are going to compete for the next few years now. So what's the point of getting low first round picks? You you want to trade OG for something worth it. You want to trade him for Wemby. Chance at Wemby, you know? What's, what's but, but you, you're not going to have any chance at Wemby without tanking. That's right. So so what you're saying is you can kind of settle for those low first round picks and then yourself getting worse, get that first round pick yourself. Yeah, yeah. Even if you go to so like with the Kings, for example, this is a great example. You don't trade for next year's pick. You ask for three, four years down the line. If it doesn't work out, they're going to have to blow up. And there's a chance it doesn't work out for them because De'Aaron Fox, he's having a great year this year, but he's had off seasons. And... In my opinion, that Kings team is not going to win a championship. They might be one of the top teams in the West, but they don't have a quote-unquote absolute superstar unless yeah. you know, one of those three guys breaks out. So they can they can look to be like the Utah Jazz, where they compete for two or three years and they, they decide one of them gets frustrated. One of the young one of those guys like gets frustrated, wants to blow the team up. The fans are sick of it. Like that that's I don't know. I think that's uh, definitely a possibility. Well, that's fair. And to be honest, I think that's if the Raptors do tank, that's the very sensible way to go. And just to round off, I'm going to give my take on what the Raptors need to do. And that is not blow it all up, but simply retool. You trade Van Vliet. Maybe you trade Gary Trent if you don't want to re-sign. You kind of, because you're a big market team, you've got the whole of Canada behind you. You know, especially new fans after the 2019 season and everything. You can kind of hover around that. 8th, 7th place, wait for Scotty to get better, wait for OG to get even better. You know, maybe you trade Van Vliet for a diamond in the rough. You said, like, I don't know, it could be a young guard from anywhere. You've got kind of these young guards and young and young big men, you know. Um, Miles Turner is around. Maybe you can get a return for him. And, you know, players who will develop further will take the Raptors forward. You trade your developed older players like Van Vliet, like Siakam. You retool, you hover around, you know, 7th, 8th. I don't care, you get knocked out in the first round. Uh, you take your low... I mean, you talked about low first-round draft picks you get from the Kings. Instead, let's get them ourselves because we know Masai Ujiri has a record of turning those into brilliant, brilliant players. And of course, you know, Siakam is a wonderful example of that. I just don't think that a rebuild is necessary at this point. I mean, the Corruptors could still well turn it around this season. I doubt they will. As we said, the ceiling is probably the play-in spot. But it's too, it's too drastic to rebuild at this point. 
uh, I think the no, experiment. I'm not letting go, and I think we must disagree on that point. No, but no, I think really, that right- because you've said you're willing to train Saka, you've said you're willing to train Bambly and Trent. It's only OG that's holding you back. You've got to let it go, babe. You've got to let it I go. Think, no, I think you have a team. You know, so for example, you've got a young guard. So okay, you've got a young guard running next to Malachi, running next to OG, running next to Scotty, and then you've got uh, maybe you play Coloco, or from a, one of the returns you get like Miles Turner or something. Okay, you've got a certain kind of team going and you've got a team that will get better and better over the years. The only problem with this team right now is that Siakam and Van Vliet will not get better. The rest will. But then and you haven't got a centre. So I think you trade for a centre that holds that the record changes around. If you were to trade Siakam away, let's say no one else bargained say. Yeah. That's for for me, that that's potentially one of the worst case ones because but they knew, actually, but no one's actually, talking about that. You in the league. So you trade Van Vliet as well. Trade Van Vliet as well. Okay, so you do have, so you have young players there. Fine, but you you would trade Siakam for somebody what two or three, four years younger than him. No, you trade Siakam. That's where you get your draft picks from. So okay, you you'd be happy to trade draft picks for Siakam, but then. Is and it, and it, sorry, it, 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 maybe it, young guard, a young, young guard or a young centre, yeah. Okay, fine, fine. And so we would hover around maybe the 12 or 11, 12 seed with that, because obviously this young guard is not developed, but you've got the likes of OG. Um, you've, you know, you've got Trent, you've got Scotty, who hopefully would be developing. So you'd hover around like the 10, 11 seed for a couple of years. So you wouldn't be accessing those top draft picks and you haven't got the draft compensation that you could have got if you've traded everyone away. So you would have all these additional draft picks as well. You've I mean, didn't the, Raptors, didn't the Raptors finish 13th and draft a Scotty Barnes? Yeah. What I, so what I will say then, right? to Come that, on. the best development potential for Scotty as well is get the ball in his bloody hands because we also, we've talked about how he's got... Exactly, so... Why not trade trade the two mo- the two guys who handle the ball the most? Anyway, this is going to turn into a debate because we clearly clearly disagree, and I want the listeners to to decide. Uh, so I'm going to put a poll on social media. Follow us yeah. at Balling in the Six. Uh, but this has been quite a comprehensive trade episode in quite a short amount of time. Um, so yeah, make sure you listen. Give us five stars. And um, I mean, if you agree with Vral, you can go listen to another podcast. If you agree with me, like, give us five stars. Um, Stick around, stick around, yeah. All right, have a good one. Yeah, take care, everyone.